You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your host, Vanessa Weisbrod. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Hospital. And I want to start out by saying a huge thank you to all of our dedicated listeners. And I want to welcome my extremely special co-host to the studio today, Ms. Sandy Werness from the Global Autoimmune Institute. She's been a very long-time partner of our program, and I'm so glad that she is back with me today. Welcome, Sandy. Great to be here, Vanessa. So today's topic is always a popular one. We all love to travel. It's one of the best parts of life. But doing so is a bit more complicated while following a gluten-free diet. Today, we have an expert to share some of her favorite tips for gluten-free travel. Leslie Berry is the founder of Gluten-Free Finds PA and the Constitutional Walking Tour. She loves to find and share her gluten-free finds and travel tips with her readers and has built quite a community doing so. We're so happy to have her join us today. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Leslie, let's start out. Tell us how you got into this gluten-free travel um, online community and what's the best thing that you've learned about gluten-free travel? Sure. So my son, Jax, is six years old. And when he was five in August of 2018, he was diagnosed with celiac disease. And it came as quite a shock to our family. And it was all new to us. We knew nothing about it. So we kind of delved right in, uh, researching and trying to get as much information as we could. And as we were trying to find replacements for some of Jax's favorite foods, you know, we would try different pastas or different types of cookies and see what he liked. And I just thought it would be fun to share those on Instagram. So I started the Instagram account, Gluten Free Finds PA. And we just started originally sharing products. And um, we kind of just got into this gluten free community. There's a whole gluten free social media community out there um, with all different types of topics. There are dietitians and nutritionists and people that focus on travel. And, you know, it was just kind of, we were welcomed into this community and our following grew. And then I started to expand the account because our family loves to travel. So I started writing about our trips and how we travel as a gluten-free family. What a wonderful thing to do to share. Really helps a lot of people. So the world is really large. And so um, what advice do you have about choosing a location for gluten-free travelers? I would say research is really important. Um, so for the most part, we've been able to make it work almost everywhere we've traveled. And we haven't been anywhere that we couldn't find safe gluten-free meals as long as we did advanced planning. So again, I think it starts with research. If you have a destination in mind, ask others. If you have other you know, friends or family members with celiac disease or join one of the gluten-free travel groups on Facebook, you can search destinations to read what other people have posted about, or you can post your own questions uh, to ask people what they know about a potential destination. And I would also say that there are certainly places that are known to be more gluten-free friendly than others. Uh, New York is one, San Francisco, Paris. I've heard great things about Italy that we haven't traveled there yet um, on a gluten-free diet. Um, also, I follow someone on Instagram who's in Thailand right now, and she's posting pictures every day of her great gluten-free meals. And she's eating papaya salad and mango sticky rice and you know all kinds of exotic things. So again, I don't think there's anywhere that you can't necessarily travel, but I think doing the research in advance is a really important part of the process. Oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yes. things have changed a lot. I remember being in Paris a number of years ago and walking like a mile to go and find the one place that had a gluten-free uh, loaf of bread. <laughs> so changed a lot since the then. The world has changed. 
Um, well, we saw your post with your picture of items to be packed for your first trip with your gluten-free son. Has your packing changed since then? What kinds of things do you think about? What do you take with you? And what is your advice? I don't know that our packing has changed that much. I will say it depends on the destination as well as what type of accommodation we'll be staying in. So are you staying in a hotel room or in in an Airbnb or a condo? Will you have a kitchen, a refrigerator, a microwave? Will there be a local market when you get to your destination where you can purchase gluten-free foods? Is there a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or um, that type of thing? Also, I think if you're traveling domestically or internationally, that makes a big difference whether you have to bring everything with you or not. Um, But I would say always bring more than you need. It's better to have more than not enough. And there have been times where we've taken a lot and traveled home with half of the food. But I, I think it's definitely better to have more and be safe. And I would also say that there are a lot of non-food items that people don't think about bringing. But I always bring things like Ziploc bags and tinfoil and toaster bags, things like that. Um, that just comes in handy to have that. So I want to go back for a second, Leslie, to the places that you talked about that are really easy to travel to, because I don't know if you know this, but Sandy and I recently were in Paris for the International Celiac Symposium. And man, has it changed recently. I mean, the number of gluten-free croissants that were just in bakeries all across Paris, I just could not believe it. It was just, it was mind-boggling. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, I do talk to people who have been doing this for 10 or 20 years, and they talk about how much it's changed. And like I said, it's only been about a year and a half for us. And uh, I know there are a lot of destinations we want to explore. Um, But something I thought was really cool, and actually Dr. Sylvester from Boston Children's um, pushed me to do this when we arrived in Paris. We were really tired after a very, very delayed (laughs) red-eye flight, and I just wanted to go to bed. But she's like, no, you have to stay up so that you get onto the right time zone. (laughs) And so she's like, let's go do a grocery store like like visit. So we walked for about three and a half hours for miles just (laughs) – going to grocery stores, just wandering the streets of Paris by our hotel, looking for grocery stores. And we we were baffled by the number of stores that had just sections of gluten-free stuff. I mean, there were packaged croissants, there were um, pan au chocolat, um, breads, like the most amazing looking pasta and just all the most beautiful colors and shapes. It was just, it was mind boggling because it's, I mean, our stores have stuff here, but just the delicacy of the items that were available in the grocery stores was amazing. So I would totally recommend if you're in these places, just checking out the regular stores to see what they have, because you might be really surprised by the options. And I think that's part of the fun of it. And even within the United States, um, there's a brand called um, Sweet Lauren's that makes cookie dough on the kind of refrigerated cookie dough, kind of like a Nestle Toll House type thing where it's already, you know, cut into the little squares and all you have to do is put them on a tray and bake them, but these are gluten-free. And they also make an edible cookie dough and I hadn't been able to find it anywhere near us. And then when we went to Colorado last spring and we went to the supermarket to stop to buy our gluten-free food, they had the edible cookie dough there. And we were really excited to find it. So even I think within traveling domestically within the country, you can find different products in different parts of the country. Absolutely. Colorado is definitely a really incredibly, um, conscious and aware place for celiacs it is and it isn't i mean one issue that i found there was that there are a lot of people there that are gluten-free for the lifestyle and so i found that certain restaurants didn't really get it um we went to one restaurant there that that advertised that everything that they have is gluten-free other than the brioche buns it was you know like a burger restaurant they had a dedicated fryer for the fries and they said everything is gluten-free but you know the brioche buns but we also have gluten-free buns so we went there for dinner and we ordered, and Jax's, my son Jax's um, 
burger came literally on the tray sandwiched in between mine and my husband's, which were not gluten free. So literally, you know, they were touching each other. Uh, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's just sort of okay, you're, you're say you're gluten free, but are you really celiac safe? So I think, you know, you definitely have to be careful with that. Absolutely. Very good point. And that's, you can never, you can never rest. (laughs) So Leslie, what do you find more difficult airline or car travel or train or something else? Um, You know, I think both have their pros and cons um, as far as car or airline. Um, I actually find the harder part of the trip is actually heading home. So when you're going somewhere, whether it's on an airline or in a car, you can pack your meal from home, you know, in in a lunchbox or insulated pack and you can have your food to go and, bring it with you but we've had more of a problem when we're heading home um whether you're you know we were in jamaica last year and there's not really any celiac safe food in the airport but we we don't have a kitchen we were staying at a hotel we don't have a kitchen we don't have food how do we pack that meal to go um and we've had that issue in the car sometimes as well we're driving home from new york city to philadelphia and you can't just stop at a rest stop on the highway or stop for fast food um there's so few places um so you know we've kind of been in that situation before so i think that's um, definitely some of the, the harder parts. We've been in some, some tough situations trying to find a safe place. I totally agree with you. With little kids, I mean, my six-year-old too has celiac. It is so hard. I always end up taking like so many extra bags of like pretzels and gummies and things just to have them for him on the way home. And I have to like hide them wherever we go <laughs> so that they don't get eaten before right. we go back to the airplane. And if it was us, we'd be fine. Just like, okay, well, I'll eat a protein bar you know, for my meal. It's fine, but you don't want to do that to your child. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, oh, here's a, here's a good question. Do you have any tips for traveling and staying with non-gluten-free family or friends? That could definitely be a challenge. And again, some of it's going to depend on what the setup is going to be, how far you have to travel. Um, can you bring some of your own items, um, pots, pans, that type of thing? Um so, for example, at my parents, they have a beach house that we go to in the summer, and we just made a little dedicated cabinet um, where we keep some gluten-free staples like pasta and things like that that'll stay for a while, and we have our own pot and pan, and, you know, I have everything labeled, and it's in a separate cabinet. So, I mean, I think there are things that you that you can do. Um, it's harder if you're going someplace for a one-time visit, um, you know, because it's very hard to trust somebody else's kitchen and to know that it's safe but i think it's also a good time to you know to use that as education educating the family or friends that you're going to be staying with and i know a lot of times people will say oh i'll I'll make something free that's gluten-free but they don't understand about cross-contact and that's something you know gluten-free ingredients may not actually be gluten-free if they're making it in their kitchen true and people are still skeptical about it actually you know there are a lot of people who are skeptical if they're not experiencing it directly they 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 don't necessarily understand the whole the seriousness of it all yeah, and uh, my parents kept laughing at me because I kept changing their tablecloth. <laughs> we don't use a tablecloth at home, but I was so worried about crumbs being on a tablecloth. Um, you know, that I just kept taking it off the table. Well, well I mean, your your comments and your issues are just so indicative and so such an, a great example of all the different things that a person who has celiac disease or has, especially as children with celiac, has to has to always think about, keep in mind, and always. I mean, you really there, there's something every minute really that you have to keep that you have to address. You know, it's very true. It's um, I mean, it's much easier to stay home where you can control it, but you also have to live your life and go out and eat at other people's houses and travel and not let it hold you back. Absolutely. So before Jax was diagnosed, you were already running a tour company. How do you feel that his diagnosis and the gluten-free lifestyle has changed the way that you've managed the touring business? 
Sure. So um, just by way of background, our company is called the Constitutional Walking Tour of Philadelphia, and we provide guided walking tours of historic Philadelphia. And we've always tried to accommodate visitors who you know, have special needs or need any type of assistance, whether that be a sign language interpreter or you know, a dietary need. But definitely since Jax has been diagnosed, I think you know, we're more appreciative of um, these needs and understanding people's needs for accommodation and inclusion. And while food is actually not part of our tour business, we don't serve food on the tour, but people are always asking us for recommendations or student groups will ask me, oh, if we eat lunch here, is there a gluten-free option or a vegetarian option? So I think we've just become a lot more aware of, you know, our recommendations. Um, so, you know, we try to be aware of that. And also I wrote a whole, um, we have a, a blog on our corporate website and I wrote a whole blog entry about gluten-free places to eat in Philadelphia. So definitely there's been some crossover between the personal and the business. Oh, have you ever thought about doing a gluten-free food tour? Um, I have thought about it. We actually do a, um, a VIP cheesesteak tour mm-hmm. and uh, we work with Campos Deli in Philadelphia and they actually do offer gluten-free cheesesteak. They have, um, they get their, their rolls from a bakery in South Philadelphia that's a dedicated gluten-free bakery and they get the rolls from there and they make the gluten-free cheesesteak. So definitely something we could look into. Well, oh, I will be your first thing. one to take the tour when you start that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and cheesesteak, that's just heaven on earth. So yeah, you have to have that when you come to Philadelphia. <laughs> well, Leslie, what is your best advice for helping people mentally prepare to travel for the first time after they're diagnosed, they and their families? It's definitely stressful, and there are definitely ups and downs. But I would say just try and do as much advanced research and preparation as you can. Know that everything is not going to always go smoothly. There will be bumps. You might have to walk out of a restaurant that says they can't accommodate you. Um, but just, you know, again, try to be, have a positive attitude. Um, when we go to restaurants, when we're traveling, I found it's helpful to contact people in advance. Um, you know, call the restaurant, call your hotel that you're staying at, ask you know, to talk to the manager or the chef. Um, and I think as much that you can have in place in advance and people are expecting, you know, your visit, um, you know, I think that that definitely helps. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and and uh, I think also I'm sure you um, will agree that you have to make sure that you uh, just don't take their word for it, and don't be shy about continuing to ask questions and get all of the information that you need, and see the boxes if you need to, and just um, <laughs> just go with your gut. Absolutely. We've been places where I've been, you know, Jack's orders of chocolate milk and I've asked them to bring out the chocolate syrup so I can look at the bottle. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, sometimes they think I'm crazy when I pull out my gluten-free scanner. But but I think uh, it's also better, better important easy. that we remember to have fun, right? That we yeah. take the time to make sure we're safe, but also to enjoy the travel that we do and the time with our family and friends and, you know, just get as much as we can out of these trips. Absolutely. Good point. So we are all out of time for today. And I want to just say thank you so much, Leslie, for all of this wonderful advice. And I hope that it will really help people feel like they can travel on a gluten-free diet and not feel too overwhelmed. And for some more great tips and gluten-free finds, be sure that you follow Leslie on Instagram at glutenfreefindspa. And a huge thank you to all of our listeners for joining today. We hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you again next time.